Ten Av, Yud Av, Tzadik, His Conversations, 492. When the Rebbe gave his followers the slips with their scheme of fasts, one of them said to him, This is not what we would have expected. We would have thought you would tell us to fast many times a year, but now we find that the fasts you are prescribing are very few indeed. The Rebbe replied, Did not Elisha say to Naaman, Wash and be purified? 2 Kings 5 verse 13. Yet Naaman did not want to believe that he could be cured through something so simple. And he said, Are not Amana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better? May I not wash in them and be purified? Verse 12. It was only when his servants said to him, My father, if he had bid you to do some big thing, would you not have done it? How much more so when he says to you, Wash and be purified? That Naaman listened and washed in the Jordan seven times, and his flesh came back and was clean. Verse 14. You are the same. You believe that in order for you to be healed, I have to prescribe onerous devotions. You do not have faith that through something simple that I tell you to do, you can be completely healed spiritually. There are many times when we need to remember this. There are times when a person shirks from carrying out a certain holy deed because of its difficulty and the obstacles in his way. He simply does not exert himself enough to break them. At other times, it is the other way round. He holds back from the task because it is too easy. He looks at it as something so simple that he cannot believe that the very life of his soul could depend on something so insignificant. Yet, the truth is that we should be as scrupulous about a simple mitzvah as a serious one because she is far from measuring the path of life. Proverbs 5.6 Whatever your hand attains to do by your strength, do it. Ecclesiastes 9.10 For basically, the way the evil one connives against people and puts obstacles in their way is through creating mental barriers. Sometimes a person gets it into his mind that doing a certain thing will be very burdensome for him, and this is how the evil one tries to hold him back. Other times, the evil one makes him take such a light view of the matter, and view it as so insignificant that it does not occur to him that the very life of his soul depends on it. All this comes only to hold him back, God forbid. And there are times when this is greater than any real obstacle. But he who goes in simplicity and purity will go securely. Proverbs 10.9 One should pay no attention whatsoever to obstacles or distractions. Whatever your hand attains to do by your strength, do it. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom His Wisdom 233 The Rebbe once spoke to one of his disciples about clothing. He said, You must pray for everything. If your garment is torn and must be replaced, pray to God for a new one. Do this for everything. Make it a habit to pray for all your needs, large and small. Your main prayers should be for fundamentals, that God help you in your devotion, that you be worthy of coming close to Him. Still, you should also pray even for these other things. God may give you food and clothing and everything else you need, even though you do not ask for them. But then, you are like an animal. God gives every living thing its bread, Psalms 147.9, without being asked. He can certainly give it to you this way. But, if you do not draw your life through prayer, it is like that of a beast. A man must draw all necessities of life from God through prayer alone. I once had a slight need for some insignificant thing. When I mentioned it to the Rebbe, he said, pray to God for it. 
I was quite astonished to learn that one must pray to God even for such trivial things, especially in a case like this where it was not even a necessity. Seeing my surprise, the Rebbe asked me, Is it beneath your dignity to pray to God for a minor thing like this? He then told me a short story along similar lines, involving a man from Mezhbuzh. The main lesson is that you must pray for every single thing. This is also explained in Sefer Hamidot, the Alphabet book, Prayer A37. The Alphabet book, Distancing the Wicked, A. 9. A wicked person who has completely forsaken God clearly will never have worthy offspring. 10. Have no mercy on an enemy of God when he falls into your hands. 11. Avoid associating with people who are known for telling lies, and you will be worthy of detecting deceivers. 12. Whoever despises those who entice people away from God is assured that he won't be affected by their words. 13. The study of Torah drives a wedge between wicked people who have joined forces. 14. The Holy One rescues a person who keeps his distance from the wicked. 15. When the wicked are scattered, it is a sign of salvation. 16. Avoid living in a house once inhabited by a wicked person. 17. Don't talk to those who try to lure you away from God, even to admonish them and bring them closer to Him. Kitzer Likutei Moharan 2, Lesson number 7 For the one who has compassion on them will lead them. Isaiah 49.10 1. A person who is compassionate is able to be a leader of the Jewish people. And the thing that demands compassion and pity more than anything else is when the Jewish people, the holy nation, succumbs, God forbid, to sin. May God save us. This is indeed the most pitiful thing of all. For all the pain and anguish in the world is nothing compared to the heavy burden of sins, God forbid. Since, given the great holiness of the Jewish people at their root, and their exalted spiritual character and sensitivity, they cannot bear the heavy weight of sin upon themselves at all, even for one day. Now the true leader is extremely compassionate, and he takes pity on the Jewish people, the holy nation, and endeavors to extricate them from their sins. But how is it that a person comes to sin in the first place? It happens only because a person does not know that there is a God controlling the world. Since a person does not sin unless a spirit of foolishness enters him, Sota 3a. Therefore, all the compassion of the true leader of the Jewish people expresses itself in his efforts to instill knowledge and fear of heaven in them, in order to remove them from sin, may God save us. This leader thereby engages in the settlement of the world, so that the world should be inhabited by people, that is, by beings with knowledge. For the essence of a human being is his knowledge, and a person who does not have knowledge is not part of the settlement, and is not called a human being at all. Rather, he is merely an animal in human form. 2. Even when this leader's time comes to depart from the world, and his soul ascends to the place that it does, his ultimate purpose and perfection has still not been achieved, if his soul should only be attached to some sublime and exalted place up above. Rather, the soul's true perfection is achieved only if, at the time that it is above, it is also down below. 
Therefore, this leader must leave blessing after him in the form of a son or student, so that his knowledge should also remain down below when he departs for the heavenly heights. Then, through the holy knowledge that remains after him and his children and students, he will rescue the Jewish people from sins for generations to come. Anyone who has even a modicum of knowledge about God knows that while God has seraphim, chayot, ofanim, and many other sorts of exalted spiritual beings that serve him, nevertheless God's greatest pleasure and delight is only when we, from this lowly world, magnify and sanctify his blessed name. Accordingly, the true leader endeavors to leave his holy knowledge in his children and students, so that they will shine his knowledge into the world for generations to come, and rescue the Jewish people from sin for all time. When this takes place, it is then considered as if he himself actually remains in the world. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The Horse and the Pump He realized that they were beating him because he appeared to be a madman, and he wanted to leave. Just as he was preparing to leave, however, the horse stuck its head out of the pump. Thinking that he had his horse, he began to scream again. Again, the townspeople gathered around him and beat him as a madman. Again he wanted to leave. But as soon as he was preparing to leave, the horse stuck its head out of the pump. He began to scream again, and again the people gathered and beat him. The other side constantly fools a person for no reason, with absolute falsehood that does not have any substance. The person is tempted and goes after it. Each time it, it appears that he will make more profit, and he desires it all the more. He pursues it many times, and suddenly it vanishes. As he runs after it, everything he desires is taken away from him. Sometimes the desire goes away a little, but when he wants to separate himself from it completely, the desire sticks out its head again, and once again he pursues it. This keeps on happening. Every time it sticks out its head, he runs after it. Rabbi Nachman did not explain this concept further. Understand it well. Rabbi Nussin's Letters, Year 1, Letter Number 198 With Thanks to God, Saturday Night, Shoftim, 5595 My dear beloved son, I received your letter on Friday along with the letter from Reb Chaim. You should know now that on Friday I was again summoned to the official. He showed me that he had transcribed my declaration from my letter into his language and he read out his version to me. I also called Reb Chaim, who read it to me as well, and it accurately reflects what I wrote. May God have compassion, and may it all turn out for the best. It does not appear right now as though any answer at all has come from Kamenetz about the charges and trial. Thank God I spent Shabbat here. May God give me salvation, and may I continue to live here as long as I wish, through God's great love and kindness. Now, though, we must pray to elicit salvation and compassion so that the verdict will be in my favor and I will be found completely innocent in the trial, just as I am, in truth, completely guiltless in this matter. The whole thing is just slander and lies. May my enemies stumble and fall. May they be ashamed and completely confounded. Salvation is all in God's hands. This same official told me himself that all this has to be sent to Kamenetz to the state prosecutor, and that afterwards there will be another investigation. In the meantime, we have a respite, during which we can use all this to draw close to God and to pray before Him. 
for we have nobody to flee to but God. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 2 Letter number 452 I was recently in Lipovic, and I set the date for the wedding of my son, Nachman, may he live, for Rosh Chodesh Nisan. I came home for Shabbat Torah reading Zachor, all ready to prepare myself for the wedding. It was then that my daughter-in-law, the wife of my son, Reb David Zvi, may he live, became very weak. She was in her eighth month of pregnancy, and we were all hoping that she would give birth to a healthy baby, and that this would comfort us all, especially my son, may he live. She then became extremely weak from the infection that he ha- she had in her mouth. Subsequently, on Wednesday, the week of Torah reading Pekude, she passed away, leaving this life, and the child was born after her death, as is the custom among Israel. My wife and children, especially my son, David Zvi, may he live, are now mourning in my house. And you can understand for yourself the enormous bitterness that has overtaken us. Who can we lean on but our Father in Heaven? May the Master of Kindness, Comfort, and Salvation comfort and save my son, David Zvi, may he live. May he comfort all the mourners in my house and turn their mourning into joy. May the Compassionate One make up our losses, your losses, and the losses of all Israel, and may he comfort all of them among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. I would now like to turn our discussion my friend, whom I love heart and soul, to the great great and anguished lament which you wrote me. You indeed did well to write me about this, because all of us are obligated to listen to our fellow's sorrow. May God grant salvation, so that grief and crying will no longer be heard in our streets, especially since you are from the holy stock, the offspring of the tzaddik, our glorious master, teacher, and rebbe, who is the light of our lives forever. It is certainly incumbent upon me to listen to your cries and to roll in the dust in supplication before God, praying for your salvation. But, my beloved son and student, fruit of the tzaddik, the tree of life, out of your enormous grief, God spare us, you seriously erred in a number of things that you wrote me. It hit me like a tempest when you wrote that I could not care less about you. Furthermore, there were things in your letter directed against God, who conducts His world with loving kindness, which you really ought not to have written. You spoke very foolishly indeed when you wrote that a person is born into this world just to be tormented. May God forgive you, because in your deep dejection and anguish you wrote some things which were not appropriate. God knows the enormous pain that I have from the troubles of every single one of our comrades even the lowly and the poor among them, not to mention those who are from the Rebbe's holy stock. All of them are engraved in my heart more than my own children and offspring. They are my whole life. This is all the more true for you yourself, when, praise God, through His salvation, you have helped me so much, particularly in our printing projects. May God grant you salvation, and may you go on to do the same many more times. Your eternal reward will not be withheld and your charity will endure forever. For this alone remains of a person. Is it conceivable to say or to write that I could not care less about you? God forbid that you should write something like this. It is simply absurd. Shemot HaTzadikim Names of Tanaim and Amoraim Gimel Gebiah ben Pesisa Gebiah mebei Kasil Rabbi Gebiah me'argazia Gevini Karoz Ben Gever Ravgada 
Gada, Abaguria, Abagurion Ishtzaidan, Gurion Ben Astion, Gurion Measpurk, Rav Gaza, Rav Gidal, Rav Gidal Bar Menyumi, Gidal Bar Benyamin, Gidal Bar Menashia, Rav Gidal de Minarash Galila, Rav Gamda, Rav Gamliel Hazakain, Rav Gamliel de Yavna, the son of Rav Shimon, who was killed, the son of Rav Gamliel Hazakain. Rav Gamliel, the son of Rav Yehuda Hanasi, Gamliel Zuga or Gamalion Zavta, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel Barbarei de Rabbi Mana, Rabbi Gamliel Bar Rabbi Chanina, Geniva, Shnei Gardiim Mishar HaAshpot, Gardasik Bar Dari, Rabbi Gershom. Rabbi Nassan's prayers two, prayer number thirty-three on the Kutei Moharan two sixty-seven. Woe, what has become of us in these generations? We were given such wondrous and awesome lights, such pure, polished, clean lights. Words in every combination of letters are exhausted in attempting to express the praise, greatness, might, height, elevation, and glory of these lights. How many chains of events did you bring about, and how many worlds were overturned for their sake? How many miracles and wonders without measure or scope did you perform to bring the world such lights, such holy tzaddikim, such masters of the way, such people who taught awareness and disseminated knowledge, such masters of counsel? You were with them all the days of their holy lives, and you increased your wonders on their behalf beyond measure. Many rose against them every day. You rescued them from the hand of all of their enemies and persecutors. You did what you did in your extremely wondrous and hidden ways. You sustained them in your compassion until they acted and performed, undertook and accomplished. They engaged in wondrously new, marvelous and awesome rectifications in all of the worlds, from beginning to end. They rectified innumerable souls, the souls of the living and the dead. You know all of the rectifications and delights that you received from the tzaddikim in these generations since the day that you revealed the hidden light, the light of Israel and its holy rabbi of rabbis, the awesome man of God, our master, Rabbi Israel Baal Shem Tov, may his memory be for a blessing. He illumined the face of the world and established many students, holy and awesome tzaddikim and chassidim. He left behind him a blessing, his delightful offshoots, his holy offspring, his holy descendants, more precious than fine gold and pearls, men who had no equal. He, his students, and his descendants revealed your godliness in these generations and spread Torah among the people of Israel. They illumined our eyes, opened our hearts, and taught straight ways and wondrous advice on how to truly come close to you. Fortunate is the eye that saw all of these things. But then our souls grew weak because of what our ears heard. Our entire hope was that they would live long days and years in this world, and that we would stand before their glorious holiness and hear more words of the living God, constantly new and wondrous things from their awesome mouths, as we had heard all of the days of their holy lives. But for our many sins and grave offenses, the light of our eyes and the delight of our souls was darkened. Woe, for the angels have defeated the tzaddikim, and seized these holy and awesome Torah arcs from us prematurely. Woe, what has become of us? 
The crown of our head has fallen. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Indeed, we know that even now they are engaged in rectifying our souls. But it is bitter for us. So bitter, because we cannot see their holy faces, hear their awesome words, draw the breath of their holy mouths, look at the beauty, loveliness, radiance, and glory of their holy and awesome faces, and bind ourselves to their true grace. They were the beauty, loveliness, and grace of the entire world. Whoever was bound to their holy grace, beauty, and holy name looked at himself and was truly aroused to repent. But now, due to our sins, we lost what we have lost. Woe to us for what we did to ourselves because of our sins. Woe! How much does sin cause? Woe! What will we do now? What will such a persecuted people do, such a poor and impoverished people, such a tormented and tortured people, a nation as poor and impoverished as we are? Therefore, I said, leave me alone. I will weep bitterly. I will soften the bitterness of my spirit, and my voice will moan like the sea as I speak and gain relief by talking to Hashem, the supernal God, no matter what. Master of the world, Master of the world, Master of the world, you are holy, and your name is awesome, and your name is partnered with the name of the true tzaddikim. Act for the sake of your name, sanctify your name, and reveal the truth to the world. Seeking the true tzaddik. In your mighty compassion, may we truly know who the head of the house of the world is at present. As he receives power from these true tzaddikim that I have mentioned before you, in your great mercy, help me truly come close to him. May I always be included in the true name, beauty, and grace of the true tzaddikim, and truly be attached and cling to them with a firm and strong connection that will never be shaken. In this way, may we look from now on at all of our traits and desires connected to the four basic elements, so that we may refine and purify them of all evil, and engage in true, complete repentance for our past. May we truly strengthen ourselves from now on with all strength and power to break and nullify all of the evil traits and evil lusts of the four basic elements and attain all good traits. May we always truly serve you with all our might, all our heart, all our spirit, and all our vigor. May all of the four elements in our body truly be refined. May they be good without any trace of evil at all until all four elements which correspond to the four letters of your holy name will be subsumed into their supernal root. May we always examine ourselves carefully on how we came to this lowly world. May we look at all of our traits in order to refine, purify, and sanctify them with utter perfection. May we look at the greatness of the Creator and at His awesome wonders as He performs new matters and wonders at every moment. And may we look toward the rectification of the world. May holy and pure consciousness coming from the holy name of the true tzaddikim be drawn unto us.